Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Alive! 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 Cash? DJ? Cash, what are you doing? Are you eating a human person? Well, the plane went down, and I'm... Wait, 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 what, what happened? Why are you here? The, uh, the plane, the, I was on a plane that went down, and I'm out here in the middle of the forest. Well, I had no I mean, options. I've been out here for, I mean, for I at least two or three days. You're outside the guy gets hungry, and uh, I've, I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to like, do what it takes to survive. Yeah, I, 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 the billy goat thing? Listen, yeah, here's the thing. To eat things, so to make a I, billy goat pig. You don't know what it's like to go down on an airplane. Wait, were you on the same flight? No, no, no. What are you doing out here? I'm in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. I was just going to say, you're only, you didn't need to eat. You're only about 15 miles away from one of the best resorts in central Nebraska. What? Yeah. And in the top 89 resorts in the United States, Western United States. No, I thought I was in the middle of the Chilean mountains. You were not. I just walked over here. As they call them. I was just walking over I thought I was in the Andes. Yeah, no, no, no. It's. you are just oh, in the middle of Nebraska. God, I wish I hadn't eaten the rest of the passengers. There's a gas station behind you. Right. Do you see there through the trees? Let me just crane my neck here. Oh, ouch. I, uh, I did not know that. Uh, I would not have eaten all the passengers. You ate all the passengers? I, How I ate, long have you been here? I, well, like I said, two or three days, it seems like. I, I, the flight, I was flying. How many passengers were there? Yeah, there were... Did you was, eat was over a, 30 people? It was a 747. I Why did you eat all of them? It was it just a I, constant buffet? I I thought I was stuck out here. I yeah, thought I had to If you're stuck out here, you shouldn't eat I, all of your people food in 2 days. Look, I you weren't on the flight. You weren't there, dude. You weren't there. I think you're being. You have a gun pointed at your head. I'm just. What saying, do you do? You I eat the rest eat of the passengers. No, you eat I the don't. rest of the passengers. I won't do it. I simply will not do it. And I guess part of it is I'm saying, if there's that many, that's gluttonous. And it just, you, you basically, you made You don't a understand what it was like. Buffet. The plane went down. It doesn't matter. And You're still alive. You don't eat. I should have known I wasn't in the Andean, the Andes. I mean, considering that, it was just now, a, now, it was just a internet. It was a, it was a domestic, it was a domestic it, flight. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, it was an internet. Uh, it was an internet flight. It was, <laughs> I was watching the internet when the plane went down. <laughs> uh, Hello! I do. I, I have noticed that you're, you have. Now that I look at you, you've gained about, I'd say, forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. And that's all. Is that all fat? That's all human muscle or fat? I don't what know. What are you I, eating? Well, I ate mainly the legs and the bones. I mean, you were eating them like drumsticks. You have to admit it was kind of dramatic when you came upon me, me standing on top of seven forty seven with a large uh, femur raised above my head, yes, yelling. That was- I love- Silhouetted just so in the sunlight. You're right. It With was, a Conoco behind me. You did apparently. Conoco, I didn't know yeah. I was. Well, you hadn't turned around. I don't Wait a think. second. Wait were... a second. What are you doing out here? Well, 
like I said, uh, f- 15 miles away, uh, it's not even 15 this miles. This is very it's mysterious. 15-minute like walk. There's one of the best resorts hmm, very in experience. central Nebraska. You know, actually one of the top 89 in the United States. Well, the western United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I'm here. Are you Are you Okay. Yeah, I just I, I feel a little somebody sick. I did eat a lot, but somebody I, I, I was going to say because a lot of people get you know PTSD, post traumatic, silly dillies. Yeah, and I was wondering if you had post traumatic silly dillies from the flight. No, I don't think so. I, you have some black plastic on your shirt. I wonder what that is. Anyway, well, uh, we'll figure that out. But I, I you know what? It's just, it's just a bib. I just will wear it. Occasionally. Oh, you were eating too, apparently. Huh. Nope. Interesting. No, no, I was just. Hmm. I was making things out of plastic bags. Oh, okay. Whereas you okay. can make bibs, you yeah. can make shoes, you can make scarves, <laughs> you can make very small hats, you can make berets, you can make bigger berets, you can make guys named Brett. Alive! I'm going to miss that hey, part. Listen, I'm going to miss that part of being stranded. Okay? I thought I was yelling? in the middle of nowhere. I'm okay. You know what? While we're out here, uh, we should... I haven't seen you in a while. We should do a podcast. Do what do you think? Yeah. I do you have your podcast equipment? Oh, always. The crash? Always. Yeah, I've been and recording it's, it's this whole thing. The crash? Well, I don't know where that is. I also, you know what we should do? We should we really should find the black box and see what happened on this flight. Okay. Okay, so I think that'll be something we'll have to do during this this episode. Well, we can search around. It could we'll search around for the do you, Could do have you, blown far away. That's what my uncle used to say. Or where, say, "Where's your wife?" He'd say, she couldn't have blown far away. His wife was a kite. And then I'd look down and she'd be giving oral sex to someone pretty close. <laughs> then five to six feet. And I'd say, well, where's your wife? Well, she had blown too far away. She's blowing pretty close to here. Your wife was a, uh, uh, his wife was a kite? Yeah. She was a kite that would perform fellatio. It was, she worked as a sideshow for ever, years. Really? Yeah. A sideshow circus. Really? A yeah. sideshow? Yeah. Yeah, there was a circus, and then they had a sideshow, and there was a circus that was part of the sideshow, which had even a smaller sideshow in it, which was just <laughs> a young boy crying. That was it. <laughs> Looking at a picture of an elephant that had died from abuse. Uh, so it's a very strange thing. But my family, you know, listen, I come from a long lineage of performers. You do. I know. We got to talk about that. The truth about that actually is my, my great uncle one of my great great uncles was chester and he was the proprietor of the exhibition basketball team chester's redheads and it was all redheaded <laughs> girls who dyed their hair red or were redheads and actually k it's a redhead um and they all were like the harlem globetrotters but they would tour around, and you know, this is when you know you would do like just their movie houses you could go to. There wasn't any television, so people would see a lot more live stuff. So they'd go and see Chester's All American Redheads play against. Is this part like, true or not? Swear to God, play against. You're serious. Like, I swear to God, this is he's real. serious. Yeah, it's yeah. from. It's a. He's he was on Miller side. He's on the the Kansas side, and so he would you know he it's he would go and they would play like the like Vlago's Russian Dolls right, and those would all be like Russian looking girls with black hair it's sort of like you know so it's, wrestling it's, but it was exhibition basketball was, which isn't as popular anymore it was people with a redhead fetish almost maybe it would have to have a athletic twist okay so an athletically twisted well the people Fantasy, themselves yeah. weren't yeah and and what kind of draw would how would they how much would they draw i mean you made full-time living all really good yeah 
I mean, I you told me something funny the other day that that I think we need to share with our was listeners it, uh, during the day or at night. I think it was you told me during the day. Okay, but uh, then I'll talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had I didn't know you. You really were a. Uh, was it a? What, what did you call it? It was a. It was a. You were a, a clown, a, a hip hop clown. Is that right? Yes, that's it. Okay. <laughs> this is why I don't have a national uh, show on NBC. Uh, <laughs> Neither do I, buddy. Chris Lee is the only one that's got that. <laughs> Undateable. Sundays at whoops. <laughs> you actually were a hip hop clown. I was a hip hop clown. I don't. I mean, this is real. I, you know, I don't like to talk about it in mixed company, and by that I mean people of sort of mixed views on politics and religion. But, While uh, you're telling me about music, this, would you like a hot plate? Yeah, please. Could you? Yeah. Yeah, I made up a hot plate. Now, is this a crock pot? There's a lot of stuff going on with this. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing some cooking the last. Oh, three you've days. been cooking. Yeah. Do yeah. you do any ahi like thinly sliced human muscle? No, I haven't. Not yet. Just right across top of the muscle. I should slice, slice, slice. But there's some left Serve over there with a little bit of onion. There's there some is. left over okay. there. Yeah, aisle three B hasn't been really delved into yet. Oh, you did. I didn't even see this. You, I've been doing it by well, aisle. Well, you organized this all into aisles well, of human carcass. When you're in the middle of the Andes na- Mountains, you, you've you're got You're in Nebraska. Time, you know? I maintain. I, we're 25 minutes from Omaha, from yeah, central I, Omaha. We'll have to listen to the I'm doing a show with the funny Find book. out what happened. We really are doing a show with the Omaha funny book. <laughs> you could have just stayed here until we did our live show <laughs> if you had not eaten all of your people. Ugh, terrifying. Um, terrifying. So, yeah, I so was... You a, were, Hey, look. So what happened? They hey, advertise. I, I was a hip hop clown. They advertise, and not a lot of people can say that. That's gonna be the name yeah, of my adver- unauthorized autobiography. The sad hip hop clown. No, no, no. I was a hip hop clown. Ah, uh, yes. So, so, you saw an advertisement. I, I liked your story about the interview. So I worked. This really cracked me up. So I worked at a law firm as a legal secretary, which is a very which I can't masculine. Picture. Well, I was always wearing a very nice plaid skirt. Most sort of pleated all across, kind of like a a plaid conservative. onesie. Yeah, sometimes it would be a plaid onesie skirt. Yeah, a skirt. <laughs> and uh, but no matter what, I had some sort of skirt on, and I was sort of one of the more masculine of the. It was basically it was me. They let me hire like five of my friends. They were also improvisers, and like <laughs> it was amazing. So it's these five white guy improviser idiots. With these like ten middle aged black women, and we're all the legal secretaries. So it was mayhem, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I really would like to do it. What year was this? About. This was in two thousand. So Miami Vice was still going strong. Two thousand six. It was strong. Strong. Miami strong. Vice during the peak of Miami Vice. We were hitting it in Dallas. So I was always the show in, Dallas. So, <laughs> but in, in any event, you're going to do it again, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, one of the. <laughs> so, one of the. <laughs> it is. I, I was like, I want to play that game where I'm frustrated. <laughs> I wanted to. And then we did. We only do that live. We only do that live now. Anyway, we only do that. I love this story. I don't want to keep interrupting your story. I love this story. It's not. I think I'm even interrupting it. So, I uh, also want to tell everybody that I'm sitting on my favorite chair. 
because uh, well, it's a first class seat you got this there. This is the first pulled that chair. right out of the wreckage. It's called the 1919, and it's a blue chair with a little swivel, tiny little table for your whiskey and your cigar. I just, I, I can I do a practical living in the modern age? Yeah, buy a great chair, own a great chair. Mm, interesting. Be a person that has a chair. Both the husband and wife, the boyfriend and girlfriend have a chair that's kind of your chair. You know. You need, it's nice to have a little throne. Okay. It can be anything. Okay. Let me just say something. A lot of people aren't as philosophical as you. And well, you use your chair to read Nietzsche and to, like, you know, peruse. Sometimes. And, you know. Uh, it, Zizek's violence. <laughs> Slavage. Zizek. It's amazing you His took all these of books violence, out to the middle of, of a forest in the Andes Mountains. Well, I travel with but, them. But, I mean, you're, you're pretty philosophical, and you, you seem to use your special chair to really... Uh, grow as a person. Most people use that chair just to plant in front of the TV. You think so? Yeah. And so, well, for that situation, I'm not sure. A, ch- a chair actually still, can be a detriment. I think really, or maybe if it'll it's make too you comfortable. Watch more t- television. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, I travel with all my books in my chair, and uh, I just think it's amazing we could have just stayed until we did the live. Why don't we just stay? <laughs> you know what? We might be doing podcasts here in the forest. In the forest. Until until we do our live show in Omaha. Nebraska. Which yeah. is in, should we tell them when that is? Springsteen wrote a really uplifting Could I, would you, you wouldn't, album you wouldn't possibly, you'd be too Nebraska. embarrassed to, to sing a song from, from that album. From uh, Nebraska? Yeah. Uh, or even any. Maybe Atlantic City? Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. I can't do falsetto, Springsteen. Can't do it's it. It's hard for me to complain when I can't say, yeah, why it. not? You can't? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. There aren't many you gotta. songs. July 11th through the 12th. Actually, 10th through the 13th, sister. Yeah, and what day will so the podcast what, be? July, I think on a Sunday. We'll do it on yeah. a Sunday at we need people to come PM. out. We need people to come out uh, all over the Midwest, because I don't know when we're going to be there again. I don't know that we are going to be there again. And We've come so like far so fast, but who, who knows how long this will last. <sighs> you burn like a star, you burn like a bear. Look at me now. I've got strange hair. <laughs> what? That's a saying. If it rhymes, it it's a saying, it Dad. Now. Uh, so anyway, you're in the law office. So this this attorney Paul Doe, who's really really funny. He was like this guy that like, you know, he was one of the funnier guys. I work. I was his legal secretary. He partied. He liked to go out at night. He'd come in hungover. But he's a great lawyer. Super ambitious. We just got along well. And he was, you know, he's kind of a little broy. I mean, it was a bit. You know, he came. He was. It was a little fratty, but he was a great guy. So. Um, he sent me because we would send funny emails back. He's a little fratty. Yeah, he would send. I just heard that adjective recently. I like it because I was in a fraternity. It's very funny. So Paul Doe sends me this email because we would send funny emails. He's like, "Hey, they're looking for help. Maybe this is a change of career." It was a Craigslist ad. I'm sure he's trolling Craigslist for strange pussy or something insane. Um, but it was like a Craigslist ad uh, that was. Uh, you know, clowns to go.com. And they're like looking for entertaining clowns that can, you know, juggle and dance and do put and you thought that's all me. That stuff. I don't want to be a lawyer. No, well, here's what's funny. So he sent that to me. I go, man, wouldn't it be funny? Like I worked at McDonald's for a while, you know, and that mm-hmm. was, that was me being like, oh, I 
think I should just have this job. I should be have that experience. Side. What is this? You know, just wouldn't it be funny if this was a part of my life? This is when the comedy bleeds into reality and vice versa. It's like you're doing it as a joke, but it's really how it's like that's the essence of Yogi Bear 3D is doing something as a joke, but you're still doing it. So the joke is ultimately on you, but you're mm-hmm. playing a joke on everybody mm-hmm. else because you're not really even telling the joke. Yeah. That's the kind of sort of web that you can put together with those sorts of wastes of time. <laughs> Not talking about Yogi Bear 3D, talking about Clowns to Go, because here's what went down, y'all. So I finally kind of said, you know what, I'm going to go by and make it a... So I called, and I was kind of walking to where the... she was, and she was sort of near Cabrini Green in uh, Chicago, which I didn't know much about, because it was pretty you know early on. So it's a, it's a two-floor walk-up, so I walk up, and I go into what is this woman's apartment, but the entryway has been made into kind of a desk office place. So she has a big desk, and she sees me, and she's like, Hello, TJ. It's a very beautiful, professional black woman who kind of said, You know, come on in and, uh, you know, take a seat. And there's sort of tasteful, like, it was just a, it was an, it was nice. So I sat down, and uh, she goes, Now, I think she just went right into it. She's like, Now, you know, why is it that you want to be a clown? And I was like, <laughs> like you know, I don't remember a serious exactly, clown. I don't exactly, yeah. But she seriously I was like, what? What do you think you can bring to clowns to go as a, as a clown? What do you think you can bring to the clown genre profession? Yeah. So she's like, so she's like, you know, and I, I go, uh, well, I'm, I'm, and I really did snap into like interview mode, and I was like, well, but uh, did you want to be funny during I the clown interview? Out. No, I kind of got freaked out because she was very intimidating. Yeah. I kind of went. Um, you know, uh, I, I've studied at Free Theater or Bain, so I, I do still uh, walking, and I have some background trapeze, although I cannot do it. Obviously, that's not for this. But uh, I am a proficient juggler. I can juggle I breathe fire. Up to five balls. I can juggle three clubs, obviously fire. Um, Did you I, say fire or not? Yeah, of course, because I can juggle fire, knives, you know, that sort of stuff. Maybe that's not good for kids' birthday parties, but I'm also a unicyclist. I can't do sort of uh, close, like stalling unicycling, but I can ride a unicycle in or something like that. And so, while you were saying all this, you were juggling. Yeah, I was juggling seven balls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, five ball juggling is the karate of ball juggling. That's like the black belt, basically. Okay. If, if juggling was. Uh, if ball juggling was a jujitsu thing, then you know five balls would be the black belt. That's right. a mastery right. of because anything above that just takes a little more time. But it's really hard to do five balls. To do five balls? No, I didn't tell her all that. But she goes, "All right, well, here's what we do. You know, we go, we we entertain. We are the entertainment for the kids." birthday you know so you you're gonna come in you're gonna you know you you have to razzle you have to dazzle them because and what we do is we we bring the little kids and we put them on a, their own little throne we bring in a chair that we make to look like a throne they say we say come come bring all your presents and put them around her because then she gets to see you know how many nice beautiful gifts you know the kid has and and then we play the music and uh we do the dance you could do some of your juggling and something like that but you know for me it's i'm making all these kids happy here's some pictures and she gave me these like albums I started flipping through, and it was like the kids. It really is great because the kids loved it, and you know she like you know some of it was her and the clown makeup, and I was like, oh, you do it too. She goes, yeah. Oh, and she she was she, she moonlighted as a clown she herself. Clowns. Yeah, but it's a lot of daytime clowning, um, and her son was a clown, and also so she's looking through. As I'm flipping through this, I go, geez, you know there are no white people. 
You said that to on her. this album. No, I didn't. I said it in my mind. In your in your mind's eye. In my head, I kind of went. You know, there's really not one white person that I've seen in any of these pictures, <laughs> and I've been through about fifty of the pictures. Yeah. And she goes now. So we you you know we do do primarily like kind of you know urban families, obviously as you can see. And I could feel that this is the time that she was like Ugh, about to break. He it would to be you. a good clown, but I gotta tell him that like this is we don't have any white clowns. Yeah, no white clowns. No white clowns allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no white clowns allowed. Somebody made the bumblebee shirt. You didn't shirt. see the sign on the... It's not the bumble, it's the bee. I mean, you, yeah. we got to make the... You know, no, no white clowns, clowns allowed. No, there was, you no, didn't no, see the sign no, on the no door. No white clowns allowed. <laughs> Just a combination of allowed and around. Yeah! For the win! <laughs> For the win. <laughs> so, she says... You know, we primarily do, you know, Irvin, so there's a lot of, you know, Mexicans, you know, black families. And then she kind of goes, um, she goes, uh, and also uh, dancing is kind of a big part of the routine. Sure. And I was like, yeah, I could totally I can dance. get behind that. No, but then she said, so can you dance? And that's when you thought, I, racist, I, I racist. I thought racist. Especially miss. when she said, Miss, how yeah. dare you think that I can't dance? It could have been worse. She could have said, do you only line dance? She could have yeah, said, do you only line dance? I was wearing a cowboy hat, and I had on my shirt that said, best line dancer, 2007, Pocahontas, Upper New York State. Um, so I said, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I can dance. I can cut a rug. <laughs> She's like, may I see you? And I was like, What? I didn't know quite. I go. What and do you, you mean? said clothes on or clothes off. And I said, "What do you mean?" Well, that's what it began to feel like because she goes, "Onesies are hard to get out of." Well, here, come on, I'll turn on some music and kind of let's see. You know, show me what you got. And I was like, "Oh, oh, uh, okay." Because in my mind, I'm thinking, "Who cares?" You know, yeah. really, this is the funniest story I've. I already got I'll be telling job. this on a podcast someday, and I don't right. even know what a podcast is. Yeah, because it didn't exist. No, yet. it did not. Certainly didn't. Miami yeah. Vice was hot. Miami Vice was on fire. 2006. 2006. Miami Vice. It was a year before I won Best Line Dancer in Pocahontas, whatever it was, upstate New York. Flash Miami Dance Vice. was at the top of the charts. Flash Dance was the king She's of the country. Here we go. This is TJ the DJ jumping in and slumping with my fan. I'm a lazy old shark and I don't mean to snark, but Cash is singing again. We're going to be back now and then, and it'll be even more bird noises from the king of the noisy toities. I'm talking about the way he shits in the B room. That's what I call the bathroom, ladies. Let's... <laughs> Let's fuck. All right, and we're back. Uh, no, so... So she takes me in the living room, which is very tastefully decorated. Now I'm sorry to laugh. It's a little too. Oh, this is at her house. This is at her house. I mean, oh, like see, I'm I saying, sure to no, I told you the entryway. And oh, it's okay. Like, so what it is is, so we get in there. But you didn't notice the no white people allowed when you walked in. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And that, to be fair, there was a sign that was kind of obscuring it. That no says, white honkies get out. <laughs> so I walk over, and there's like this. There's a picture of Clint Eastwood, and it said, <laughs> "You're kind of welcome in these parts." Yes, that is. Yeah. So. We so we go in there and you know it's tastefully very well decorated okay. with uh, yeah. fucking African masks. And she had a like, dance. No, she had no a dance floor in her it's room. Just was her living room. It would be like okay. if I told you. Was there a coffee table you had to try to work around, or was there? No, it was a pretty. It was open. cleared out. Okay, I feel like dancing had happened there at some point earlier okay. that day. Okay. 
So now looking back on it, I realized that like if you would say this to a black person, I think they'd be like, like show me what you got. That would be down to do that. That would be a yeah. thing. But I don't know if I've ever asked like a white male, like, hey, like you can dance. Let's see what you got. It'd be a weird thing. That would be happening, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It's not, wouldn't be a thing. It's not common. So she's, have you, have you asked a lot of your friends? Like, yeah. Dance for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I want to see a dance. Nick Vatteron has a great How joke. quickly would you be able to do that on a date before <laughs> it would make things awkward? What if you're like at dinner, can't wait to see you dance? Nick, that would seem creepy, right? It's creepy. That's one of our creepy Nick, ones. Nick Vatteron. That's when you stick your GoPro joke. on. I can't wait to see you dance. Nick Vatteron uh, has got a great joke where he goes, um, he goes, uh, will you dance for me? Like, uh, you yeah. know, to like a woman or a young girl, like, will you dance for me? And she's like, what, what do you mean? Dance for me. I, I don't know. No, really, dance for me on Saturday. I'm in this dance contest. I've got I've double booked. I've got to be at my son's graduation. I can't believe I forgot it. Will you dance for me? Will you dance in my place? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Uh, so she says, dance for me. Okay. And I go, oh boy. So I'm on there and I'm just kind of, you know, I'm like, well, what's the, is there going to be music? You know? And she goes, yeah, yeah, of course. So she turns on the radio. And there's a song. She goes, ooh, I like this one, right? She goes, let's see it. So I start to get into it, and immediately a radio commercial comes on. So now there's a radio commercial. It's like, what do I say? We're doing an ace tab on mattress, all three wheels. 102.5, Ted McGillicuddy, The Rocker. And then I was just, I'm kind of going, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, so I just kind of stop and I awkwardly what was the stand music there. Of, what was the music? Well, no, I just stand there. It's hip hop. Okay. So I'm just standing there, kind of waiting. And then the, it's, it was long commercials. It was like three commercials. And then the next one came on and she kind of went, Were you oh, standing like, she kind of went, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, dance to this. And it was this awful thing of like, well, I don't really like this song, but just dance because it's awkward. Right. So I began to dance for this woman who I ended up loving and working for. But she, I'm, I'm sort of like dancing, and I start to pop and lock a little God, bit. God, I wish I had stuff. The, the, the video. The video of that, I wish I had it. Yeah. So I really go for it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And she, uh, <laughs> she just turned off the music and looked at me like, and I was like, but, uh, that so that's it. It's like she goes, "Boy, where'd you learn how to move like that?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't. I mean, I don't know. I did. I've been dancing all my life. Like I, that was the weird, lame answer I had. Yeah. I've been dancing all my life." And she's like, "Okay, well, you know, I think we got something. We'll call you. We'll, I'm gonna look <laughs> your stuff over, and then I'll call you." And she hired me. And then for another podcast is the story of my first time being a hip hop clown for uh, a Mexican family in the back of a pizza place. What was it, like a roundhouse pizza? We, I want to hear about that. I want to hear... We're going to save that? We're going to save that? That's Because I want to... You know what? That's a cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger. What happened? What happened? To TJ once he became a traveling hip-hop clown. Cliffhanger. We got a lot of cliffhangers. Where's the black box? I'm just going to detail them right now. Where's the black box? What happened when TJ uh, danced as a, a white hip-hop clown? And uh, will Cash Levy yell alive again? 
ever yell alive again yeah. during this episode. <laughs> I like that one the best. Right? Will Cash Levy ever yell alive again? Can we get him to do it again? Yeah. Can we? Because now we've started to convince him he's in the middle of Nebraska when really he thought he was in the Andes Mountains amongst a plane of soccer players. I just want to say, thank God you're, what is it? Thank God you're uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I didn't hold out very long, did I? No, not as long. I was just waiting to do it. God, I love each and every one of you 12 and a half. Let's move along to where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Um, we were taking your car back, and I wanted to talk about this experience. We took your uh, TJ turned in his Nissan Juke. Yeah, I turned it in after three year lease. That's it, three and, years with it. Uh, I wanted to tell people about it. Industries. Yeah, it was pretty pretty an interesting experience because, I, and I want to talk about a few aspects of it. First of all, uh, we took in TJ's uh, Nissan Juke, and uh, TJ wore he literally, and I'm I'm not joking. Yeah, we, he wore a, a onesie. Yeah, I wear a onesie around sometimes because because uh, I because uh, I'm that eccentric millionaire that everybody's come to but hate. But you're one of the rare people that I think lives. A, a lot of people are like I like to have fun. You have a lot of comedians who are like I like to have fun. I like to go to the grocery store and throw all the shit on the ground, ladies. And then, you know, I like to go and I like to do this and that. And you're like, that person never did that. They never, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to play jokes on the pilot before I go on the plane and say, uh, hey, uh, where's your eye patch, motherfucker? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is uh, the weirdest like, thing. I, I'm just Hold thinking, on, I just want to okay. focus on that joke because I enjoy that. <laughs> Can we please everybody enjoy the joke that is, you just tell that joke when you go on stage. I like to go on, I like to go on the plane, talk to the pilot and yeah. say, hey, where's your eye patch, motherfucker? <laughs> Can you imagine if a pilot was like, hey, welcome, welcome. He's just like, you know what, today I'll welcome all the passengers as they come on board. I don't need to. It's not required, but I like to. And so a guy comes up and goes, hey, hey, where's your eye patch, motherfucker? He'd be like, what do you mean? I'm not a pirate. Okay, so it's not the it's best example. Plane. It's a plane. That's what I love. I love the confusion of the pilots we have as the passenger continues to his seat. And he's like, well, how many people? He'd have to open the cockpit door. Generally, they don't leave it open, so he'd have to say, "Open the cockpit door yeah. to say it too." No, okay? no, no. I'm saying, you know, sometimes they stand out there and they greet you, right? Yeah. So sometimes. So as that guy walks by, he's just like, "Hey, where's your eye patch, motherfucker?" <laughs> right? But in a nice way. So it's all like mean. He's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where's your eye patch? <laughs> hey, stewardess, take yeah. a break. Pilots, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, all I'm saying is a lot of comics have stuff where they they they, they say they do things. For example, I have a joke where I, I talk about how I like to put strange things in people's shopping carts. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's funny if they buy those things and they notice them when they get home. Now, I actually have done that. And I, I don't so I don't like sure. a good guy. I like to do this. And you're like, you've never done that once. You do wear onesies around sometimes. And that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then also, well, you told me when you're turning the car in, you told me. To, uh, you're like make sure you 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 call me uh, 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 Dernid. Yeah, uh, make Dernid. sure. Well, we uh, he prefers things. to be called Dernid. We did two things. One, I was supposed to say to the guy, you, uh, the uh, the leasing uh, uh, guy uh, <laughs> agent, uh, he prefers to be called Dernid. Well, you and, came and, in and I said, "This is my attorney, Cash Levy," and the yeah. guy's like, "Oh, good." And he to goes, meet "Hi," you. Uh, and he goes, uh, T- uh, "And Cash came down when the inspector of the juke was going." I said, "This is my attorney, so if you have any." 
Then he charges the team awry. He's you're going to be receiving a letter from this guy, and which is weird like, too because yeah, I have shorts yeah. with six, you know, and shirt with six yeah, holes in it. The weirdest thing is this is Los Angeles, like Silicon yeah, Valley. I makes could fun be. Of that. You're right. You could be my lawyer who's like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I do law in Manhattan. So everyone Beach. took me Don't very seriously. Yeah. So I shook the guy's hand and I and he he said something to you and I said he prefers to be called Dernit. And then for the rest of the uh, <laughs> the guy goes, uh, yeah, hey, he so kept Dernit. calling you Dernit. Uh, Dernit. <laughs> he, he was very like. And at one point, this is my favorite part. He goes, Darn it. Uh, he goes, just before we finish, darn it, uh, I really enjoy your movies. He said that. <laughs> it's a surreal type of life. Yeah. And anyone can have it. Any single person can decide to do something like that because most people enjoy that stuff. Life is, can be a very monotonous thing. Yeah. Most people enjoy that stuff. But. You know what keeps things not monotonous? Just listening to the same two guys talk to each other, episode out of episode, 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 just episode. about the same type of stuff. That, of that's what keeps you it fresh. You know what would be cool is if every single time you asked the same questions to a different person <laughs> that's answered those same questions on a different podcast. Now, that's uh, a podcast. That is what podcasting is. You know what yeah. I do a lot of times lately? I've been whispering when it's really dramatic and then giving little teeny tiny kisses to the oh, person I like that, that I whispered to. Yeah. So I'll go like, um, like when pizza comes and like, you know, Kate is like in her sort of upside down chair painting with the... Uh, the airbrush that has the gallon gun attachment. You know, when I come in there and she's sort of drinking an organic uh, raw kale and uh, raw egg smoothie upside down through a swirly straw that is sequined, <laughs> that she had sequined professionally. And I come in, I'll go, you know, and I come back with pizza because she loves yeah. pizza. So I'll come back and I'll go, pizza. <laughs> and then if she'll come over to try and kiss me, like, She'll come over and I'll go, get her back. Get away from me. These are air kisses. They're not meant for human lips. <laughs> so that's my That's another thing. good question. I don't, I don't think animals air kiss very much either. Oh, you know, they probably It's hard to air more. kiss with a paw. Yeah, but I could see an elephant it kind of winging in. Do elephants make out? Do they give little kisses to each other? That's dangerous too when they have some tusks. Some tusks that in kind it. Of thing. Yeah, but I don't I think, think the, tusks, the tusked elephants. You know uh, what? Two teenagers with braces making out is no different than two elephants with tusks. Oh, nice, nice. You know what? We, we're going to have to make this a cliffhanger. We're making yeah, a cliffhanger? And, and here's a couple things we're going to hang uh, off a cliff right now. Okay, First of all, I've got a good story about TJ's car. We're going to tell you how We're going to finish with that. And then we also have to find the black box. And then we have to listen to what's on the black box. And then we got to tell we everybody... We also have to tell everybody how many animals kiss. You're going to find how that out next kiss. week. Next week on another Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Alive! <laughs> Alive! Damn it. White hip hop clowns. But I think there's like the, 55 the guys catch, on a does team. The catcher bat, the this catch, is why I'm against the DH. There's too much the, specialization. Do the catcher, I want to see people do more than one thing. That's why people like your career. You, you're able to do a few different things. Right. I do the I do the music that's actually just a joke and isn't real. I do the acting that's actually just a joke and isn't your real. Your hip hop clown? I do the hip hop clowning, which was real and very real indeed. The first job I. <laughs> um, you, you can't argue. I mean, 
I think specialization makes people boring, too. Maybe. I mean, you know, I specialized as a hip-hop clown. You know, there's lots of different types of clowns. You might say, well, can clowns do hip-hop clowning? And also, it's like, no, you try doing hip-hop clowning and also being able to do French clowning. (laughs) No, seriously, try it. That's what a kicker would say. You try being the best at kicking. What happened at the... One of the 40 best people at kicking in the United States... And you're like, well, can't you also run and hit people? And he's like, no, dick face. I've been practicing kicking. <laughs> I'm not every denigrating day. the talent it involved. Sounds like you are. No, to be I'm not denigrating you, the talent involved. I'm not denigrating the talent involved with uh, uh, with hip hop clowning. With know, with, with, saying- with being great at one thing. I, I'm not saying that's not uh, showing a great deal of talent. What I'm saying is, uh, I find people more interesting when they have a, a few different things they can do take someone like steve martin who's done so many different types of things it's impressive to me yeah i think to be sure but not everybody has to do that i think not it's, everyone has it's to. a lot to ask of somebody i don't think you it's know, too much to a ask lot of different things also let's get back but... to the that a window cleaner also is able to clean my Mob your floor yeah you yeah i feel in. like you should have the capability to do both yeah, I could see how you could be like, you know, what you do is you give them like an extra 10 or $15, have them come in and clean your television screen or your coffee table. Yeah. Tell me the story about the... Anything that's glass services. Tell me the story. We're talking about hip-hop clowns. Tell me the story about the... So, I was fucking at a truck stop, just trying to fuck enough... That's a different story. Trucking. Yeah, that's a different story. You know, because yeah. I fucked till I trucked. Did I tell you? <laughs> I, I've okay. heard about that. All right, so... Um, you know, the, my, one of my first jobs, she sent me out and she said, okay, this is at a... It was like... Your first jobs as a hip-hop clown. Is that Home Run Pizza, I think okay. it was. Home Run Pizza. And so we go into the back of a roundhouse pizza or a rounder's pizza. I don't know why I can't remember. But we go in and uh, it's in the back room. And it's this Mexican family and they're having a what appears to be like a quinceanera slash birthday party for a young girl. And... Uh, you know, she, they had a bunch of friends there, and they cake and pizza, and we were the entertainment. So I show up, and she had sent her son, who's also a clown, with me to sort of help me the first time. And uh, we get ready to go. He puts the CD in the the machine. <laughs> Why are you already laughing? I just, I now remember, I'm not dressed. You, you you have to have face makeup. So I had to go into the bathroom. Of a uh, Roundy Towner's pizza. I don't know. I can't remember that. And go in and put it's on It's like makeup. war paint. It's like so war I was paint. putting on my clown war this paint. This was your war paint. Yeah. Before I went out there. And I'm th- looking in the mirror going like, this is so ridiculous. But you really have to do it. And it, is this a mistake? But it can't be. Yeah. All right. Let's go out there. It'll be fine. So I go out. And I have my juggling stuff, you know, in case. I'm going to incorporate that in. So we start the ceremony where we say, we're going to start the music. And then... Uh, and we're and and let's bring the birthday girl to her throne. So we put down the throne, and I sort of do. This you have the outfit on. Are you she, nervous? Or are you less nervous because you have the? No, no, no. no. I, I'm not yeah. nervous. So okay. I, t- I bring her over. I put her. I sit her down on the throne, and she's crying a little bit. But then the, one of the parents calms her down, and I say, "Everybody, bring your presents and put them around her. She is our queen for the day." And so we, you know, they all put in. I go now. I am her jester or whatever. I'm going to perform for her. So she's sitting. She's watching. <laughs> this whole thing is amazing. So she's sitting and she's watching. And I, I, I you know, I, I like kick it to the guy, the kid, and the kid presses play. 
And he's like this poor, you know, this poor guy. I mean, he's like this 15 or 16 year old black kid who wants to be hanging out with his friends and partying or just get a fucking job, you know, as a bar back or in a liquor store or something. And his mother is like making him be a clown in her clown business. <laughs> you could tell he was like cool and he had confidence and stuff because she was definitely on that. But he had to have embar- embarrassed his clowning. But he was very cool. So I say, hey, you know, kick it. And he's like, okay. He turns on the CD and it starts, the, the song starts. It starts dancing. And it's like, hey, everybody, are you ready for your birthday? Or something like that. <laughs> and it's just like very, and they recorded it. They got like a professional artist to record Today it. Is- I I could really cut a rug to that. So, you know, I was, I'm sort of like dancing and doing the routine. You have all these different dances and I incorporated like some juggling stuff into it. And then all of a sudden, I swear to God, the CD starts skipping. And I'm like, uh, one moment, please. You know, or something like that. I go back and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, CD skips, it's broken. And I was like, what? What do we do? Try it again. He's like, it's broken. And I was like, well, what do I do? He's like, I don't know, but you better do something. And I was like, what the fuck is happening here? How does this happen? So the joke, you know, of course, then immediately becomes on me. So I'm trying to play a joke on the world. And uh, so I go out there and I start juggling. And they're like impressed and it works. And I'm, I'm making jokes and dropping stuff and having someone you know having a kid throw a ball to you and juggle it or a club is always funny it just always works so I did some of that stuff and then it's balloon animal time because they know that they're going to be balloon animals and I didn't know this actually now telling the story I look back and I wonder if that cunning woman was like I wonder if that cunning woman was like here's what you do you make the CD skip and you tell him it's broken and see if he can hold his own out there with the wolves <laughs> this was a test maybe it was yeah so they do uh, this to all the guys so I didn't know this but balloon animals are a very big deal not only in the Latino community but also in the black community and in the white community basically what I'm saying is people fucking love balloon animals yeah they love them. Kids love them. Parents love getting them for the kids. It's something the kid can go home with. They have a toy. The, pr- yeah. the parent doesn't have to pay for it. There are all these upsides to balloon animals that I'd never considered, not even for one moment, <laughs> until I started making balloon animals for a children's birthday party. Because this was your inaugural journey of I had making lo- them? She had, taught had you me practiced a, at all? She had taught me a couple of balloon animals. She said to make a make. snake. And I, I started practicing the other one. She's like, you should practice on a bunch. You know, go online and you know, and, and see videos and stuff. She goes, but truth is, all anybody ever wants is a, is a poodle, a giraffe, which is a poodle, or a sword. You can make a hat like this. She taught me how to make the hat. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I didn't really practice because I, I, I listened to her. Yeah. We get there. I start making balloon animals. The kids go fucking crazy. They're you like, thought you yeah. just wing it. You thought you'd wing it. Yeah, fuck it. Balloon I mean, animals. No, no. I, everybody just wants a dog. That's yeah, what I see. Okay. So I make a dog. I give it to the kid. He's like, yay. I, give, I make another dog. I give it to the kid. They're like, yay. And somebody goes, we want Fenway Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like super complicated. To scale. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's true that, like, after the second or third poodle I made, like, the main father of the birthday girl is like, can't you make nothing but a poodle? Oh, shit. And I was like, uh, yeah. And so I made a sword, and I gave it to the boy, and I gave it another sword, and gave it to another boy. And then one of the women was like, no, no, don't give them swords. They're going to be hitting each other. So then it's like, well, fuck. Now I'll make a giraffe. I made a couple of giraffes. 
And then the kid's like, I want to, like, he says, like, I want an elephant. And I was like, I want a narwhal. Yeah. <laughs> I want an original Andy Warhol. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so I freaked out. I mean, that was a huge problem. I didn't know. So I started improvising balloon animals and I made like an infinity sign. It was like, this is a butterfly or wings. <laughs> It was just so clear. I didn't if you have to explain, is that a rule? If you have to explain so what your balloon tough. animal is, that's yeah. a bad balloon animal. Is that one yeah. of the golden rules? If you got to explain your balloon animal, this is a, a dingus. Yeah, it's a rare animal. Lives in Australia. If it's called a dingus. Says, if someone says, "What is your balloon animal?" and you tell them, and they say, "No, it's not," <laughs> you're you made a bad balloon animal. Civilians, take a break. Clowns, you know what I'm talking about. If you have to explain your balloon animal. So they did they riot? No, I mean, you know, ultimately, and this is the saddest part, it's like, it still was fun and the kids like it. Oh, that's so weird to have that happen out here. It's the, it's the black box. Oh, it's, it's ringing. Okay, it's ringing. Oh, it's from the black box? I didn't know it could ring like yes. that. Uh, what, is, it, is it a ghost? Am I seeing things? I saw you die. I saw what are you. you about? I saw you die on screen. I was at the you documentary. On screen. What are you uh, there was about? that Transformers documentary. I saw you die. I saw you die. Cash, cash, relax, relax. Okay, cash. You gotta understand that <sighs> saying that Transformers Four is a documentary is as insane as calling it Transformers for Age of Instinction. What are you talking about? I was there. I, I Next thing you're going to tell me my car can't turn into a friendly robot that's going to protect me? Yeah, I mean, it could easily turn into a Decepticon. But or, it was real. Evil alien I was there. Hunters. It wasn't real, Cash. That's a, that's a Michael Bay movie that's about an hour and 45 minutes too long starring Mark Wahlberg and me. I, I can't Kelsey Grammer's in it. That's not a documentary. He's never been in anything real in his think, life. I did think that was strange, I have to admit. It was weird, wouldn't it have been? So you thought I died? I did. I Cash, was so I'm heartbroken. I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, I hope there's... Oh, there's nobody here that hasn't seen Transformers 4, because that's a real spoiler alert. Oh, boy. I've been just holed up here in the hotel room just to... Yeah, you you see I'm surrounded well, by you candy wrappers and yeah, nougat. Yeah, no, I know. There's nougat all over the chair. I, that's what happens when one of my friends passes I mean, away. I'm so happy you're back. There's I mean, nougat all over these pornographic magazines. There's nougat in between the pages. Well, that's because it, you know I don't want people to think it's sticky for uh, any other reason than the nougat. Yeah, well, that's good, because that would be really... I just think off color, you know. Don't you remember when I ran into the cornfields and I, I was do. saying, "I never saw I'll you be again. back. Never worry. I will never die." You I, remember yeah, me doing that? I, I, well, Especially in a fictional film by Michael Bay that's roughly an hour and fifty-five minutes too long, Daddy. Remember that? Well, I, I didn't know how long the movie was. I left after you died. I felt so terrible. I mean, well, what? Why, I've, that's well, at least you paid for your ticket. No, I, I, didn't. Uh, I didn't. You snuck in? Of course. You snuck into my death. I didn't know I was... Cash, I, this must have been so traumatizing with for you, with a little T. I thought it was um, going to be just as fun as Yogi Bear 3D. and, and it, Nothing it really is as fun as Yogi yeah, Bear really, 3D. Yeah, Take that it back. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't... Never think that. No one who's it listening was, ever think that. I mean... Uh, Anyway, it's, it's so good to see you. What have you been doing? I don't it's understand. You Wait, you're too. still in Nebraska? Here's what are you doing here? I ran, Why are you? Well, we you know we were going to do a, this podcast thing, and and I hope at some point we can do another podcast. I don't know if you're recording this or what, but I think it's time for me to say on the record or off that uh, 
I ran into that cornfield in the in the buff in the nude. I remember that completely naked. I sold your clothing. Well, and you know, I don't know if you know this. It's fetched a pretty high price. Did you? You sold the clothing, I did. Yeah, but I, did. I, I, I was just wearing a onesie. I was wearing I ate, a leather onesie. Who yeah. did you sell it to? Yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting uh, story, really. Well, let's hear uh, it. Well, it, it was a, a fella uh, who he called himself the mayor. Really? Yeah, I don't know who he was. He was. He just may not have been the mayor. Me. He just called himself the mayor. Yeah, he okay. called himself the mayor. Just kind of pulled up next to me in his car and said, beware of Russian spies. Really? And then he said, I said, who are you? He said, I'm the mayor. And he was uh, completely naked. Was he? Yeah, he was actually driving a Camaro, 69 Camaro convertible. Really? Okay. And I said, you look like you could use a uh, some leather... Uh, a leather uh, onesie. onesie. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, without pockets. Oh, it was pocketless, and yeah, I've always said that from the onesie. start. If I'm only and, wearing one piece of clothing, there's yeah. no pockets. And he said, uh, uh, count me in, and he just kind of leaned over and gave me a uh, uh, a bit of money. It was actually $12, I believe he gave me. It was a $12 bill? Yeah. Well, that's 50 not cents. Oh, Which 12, is strange, 12, 12 and a half. half. Dollars. Huh. Yeah, strange. Well, as I ran into yeah. there, not only have I found that uh, that corn, when it's not cooked and off the cob, mm-hmm. can be very damaging to your genitalia. I mean, it was scratching okay. and you know yeah. the husks specifically. Yeah. I, I notice you're wearing an adult diaper right now. I am, and I yeah. had to. And the reason, you know, this isn't a maroon diaper. That's from blood loss. Yeah. So as I was running, I realized that I had to, uh, you know, start... Uh, uh, getting rid of the outside of the corn because that was the part that was really scratching my okay. nude body, okay. my nude buff body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had always told me, TJ, whenever you need to make corn softer, you've got to husk it. Mm. Remember when you yeah. told me that? Yeah. You said, yeah. It's, it, and and you, t- you were actually the one that told me about the great corn huskers of the West. And, and I had always thought that was strange because I thought you shuck corn, you shuck the husks off of the corn. But you kept saying to me over and over throughout my life, you, the, the verb husk, you husk the corn. Yeah. And I, do you remember saying that to me? I be, yes, I, 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 did, I did know that. Did yes, you say I, that? You yeah, did do wild, that. Wild stuff. Huh? Ouch. <laughs> it's just to a Johnny Carson impression that only you and I can relate to. There's like two of the 12 and a half are over the age of 50 and the rest are under the age of four. I know, I know. Um, but I love it. You do, and uh, people who don't know it, you should watch a Johnny Carson clip on YouTube because you do a very good Johnny Carson. Yeah. You and this comedian Josh Cheney. But I, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about husking this corn. Which okay, I, yeah. I knew to be shucking, so I started yeah. shucking the corn. Shucked it, and I got to tell shucking and jiving it. Shucking and jiving, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you, I fell in love after that first shuck. I said, "What the, the corn fuck? itself?" I said, or? "What the fuck?" I just I love to shuck, you know. And I'd like that to be made into a T-shirt. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I really did. You love to shop. I was in Nebraska. I was in Nebraska. You're in Nebraska. So much grass. There's I mean, a lot of. It's a grassy part of when Nebraska. When it's a grass season Nebraska. in Nebraska, it's Nebraska. <laughs> so the grass, you know, was all around me, and and I really I want to make a T-shirt because it said I went to Nebraska and what the fuck I learned I love to shuck. Yeah. Because I couldn't stop shucking. I, I stopped running. Yeah, and I started shucking, and I didn't quit shucking until I walked in the door just now. Wow, I've fallen in love with it, and I got to tell you, I, I'm not going home. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, wait a second. You have to. You have a lot of responsibilities. 
yeah. you know, you've got you're on a hit TV show. You've got a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call got a it a movie. Hit. You've got a movie that's uh, that's doing real well. How uh, to Train Your Dragon Two. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, a documentary about my own death. A documentary about your own death, which is also. But big. It's, I want to throw all that uh, away. You've I don't got a lot do of. It. You've got a a, 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 a a girlfriend, I should say, a girlfriend that. Uh, uh, is great. You can call uh, her a wife. She's been dead for two and a half years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I didn't want to really, you know, point that out too. Well. I didn't want to put a point on that. Didn't want to put a point on it. Well, let's put a pin in it. <laughs> and then we'll put a point. I'm on saying it later. you got a lot to go back to. I'm giving it all up. I'm done with it. You know, I've said this from the beginning that I would love at one point in my life to just exit Hollywood. Move to Kansas and get a job as a dishwasher at bench warmers in Chinook, Kansas. And it's listen, it's a it's a great restaurant, and I know you're laughing, but it really is. And uh, you know, I thought I could go there, buy out the current dishwasher. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I give him forty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars for severance pay, get him out of there. I start I start washing dishes from the from the get go. Mm-hmm. And that would be my exit from Hollywood, you know, and then I would work on my papers, my memoirs, which are my memoirs about my mother. <laughs> <laughs> also, my unauthorized, my, my unauthorized. Hey, do you interview her for those? Or you just kind of imagine what it would have been like to be I, her. I'm just going to try and remember her memories. I think yeah. it's a big part of a memoir. Yeah, a memoir. Now, now I want to say this that um, you know, I I, I want to because at some point I do have to write my unauthorized autobiography, yeah. which I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah. And it's called "What Happened, Who Did It, What How the." Horton hears a who, what, you know, I forget that. I'm doing my cash Mars at some point, too. That's just where that's me remembering all of your memories about cashmere is the cash Mars. And uh, it's a strictly cashmere related <laughs> memory, uh, biography. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's it's going to be real. I, I can't imagine it selling well. Yeah, it's just well, it's you know, my uh, my my <laughs> coffee, t- my, my coffee table uh, elbows around the world book is doing great. <laughs> so you never know what people are going to I mean, get into. the second we start selling this stuff is the moment we both go you know? bankrupt. Yeah, you don't I, know. Because, uh, I, for example, I heard that uh, a uh, leather uh, onesie was auctioned off by the mayor on eBay. Uh, once people thought you had passed away for over uh, uh, for over twelve and a half dollars, it went for it was, fourteen dollars. So he made a profit. He that's, made a dollar. Okay, that 50. is a dollar fifty yeah. profit. Unbelievable. That's what well, happens when, when a celebrity of your stature st- stature that is that's passes that's away. A, that's a stature from a stratosphere <laughs> that we can't even really imagine. When a that's your stature. When a celebrity of your stature. When you passes say away. I've, I've really I've come into myself at a new stature. That means you've reached a stratosphere of stature <laughs> that is a status far beyond being a Gladys. Right. And I know you know. And I I want to. Can I stop right here and just say now you that can. I am alive, you're my favorite guest, and I'm so happy to be here and i can't believe you thought i was dead i can't believe you're alive yeah you know you I owe actually, me so much money this, I, this, this podcast does, has cost me this, so much money this i just wanted explain, you to be alive this, and what am i going to do with this tombstone this does explain because you th- oh my god that is beautiful is yeah. that is that granite or marble both it's a hybrid yeah a hybrid my it's god. where the man it's where the marble had sex with the granite you can see your own dick in that tombstone. <laughs> it's I mean, really it's impressive very shiny yeah i've been working on it for three weeks so you made that yourself you yeah. chiseled it i've been chiseling it what a great i guy. better wipe this nougat off there you know this makes a lot of sense though that because uh, last night mm-hmm. i didn't understand why i came into your room late at night while you were, uh, you know, you were throwing pottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you taking a break and you were starting yeah. to. You were at a pottery wheel, and um, yeah, people take a break. Potters, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I remember coming in last night and I was sort of 
in a fog because I had been shucking all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, shucking and jiving. And I had yeah. taken my trazodone, which is an antipsychotic medication that helps you sleep. <laughs> and I walked in. I remember I came in and I said. You know, hey, Cash, Cash, are you still up? And you said, what is this ungodly apparition of my deceased friend and favorite guest, TJ? And you didn't find it weird at all when I went and sat down behind you and helped you do the pottery. I just thought it was a scene from Ghost. That's exactly what I thought you thought it was. But I, that, I, that was very strange. And I was in the nude. As you'll recall, I mean, to be fair, I had made medium johns out of corn husks, which is a new product that I'm selling. They're medium huskathons. Your touch. <laughs> medium huskathons. And if you're looking for. Also say, That's the song that was playing in my head. One of the things that once that'll be in the cashmere casual uh, <laughs> autobiography. I got to say, one of the things that makes me wish I was dead is not only your singing, but more than that, it's the people who listen <laughs> that repeatedly come to your aid unanimously. I really, I've only had one person nationwide, and I tour and do stand-up comedy all over the country, who has come and said, "You know what? I'm on your side with the singing thing." Everybody else has unanimously showed their support for you, and it has not. I've been unwavering in my position. In your hatred for it. My staunch position. I thought you might have uh, uh, passed away. There was nothing about my falsetto in that movie, that documentary, but... I thought you might almost have been suicidal. Again, it was not. I might a have driven you. You really might have driven you away. I felt like I drove your friendship away with you, the falsetto. You think that was what happened? Yeah. And then that's what like led the opposite me. of a siren almost. And that's what led me. What's to the opposite it? of a siren a song? You know, the siren would lure. It's people. your falsetto. That yeah. would be it. Wait, the, no, actually, it's the same, isn't it? Because the, yeah. the sirens actually lured people towards them and then killed and them, then or they killed, died, or something, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so actually, you're that's saying a, what, what's a repelling, sort a repelling of song. sound, and that would be the sound of your falsetto. Singing yeah, voice. okay. The repellent. We'll need a name for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the listeners, to twelve and a half listeners, come up with a name for that one. Yeah. Uh, what would you consider? What's an anti-siren device? What know? do you think of the gravestone? What do you think? The tombstone, I should say. I think say. it's beautiful. It's got a lot of my, my nicknames on it, and I, I just, I don't know what you're going to do Didn't with it. Didn't know how to spell Maytay. Didn't know. It's yeah. not spelled like that. Yeah. I thought it was M-A-Y-T-A-Y. Uh-huh. But we have, uh, we have actually my favorite fan and somebody that's gotten me through a very difficult time, uh, Devlin Vermeer, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Tittlebutton, isn't he? What was the... He was using the alias... De- Devil... Uh, I think he was using Turbert. Do you have it? I don't have it here with it. It's I gave it to you. It's downstairs in my room. This is the a, fellow uh, that... Uh, he, 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 he interviewed me. It's an eighth grade. Uh, and it turned out uh, he was in... It turns out he's in eighth grade. And he made a magazine based on our show. And yeah. uh, we're going to... You know what? If you, do you think, if you could stay alive for a few weeks, uh, if nothing crazy happens, hopefully we can make it to... Uh, to you know, to Portland together, well, and we might, might meet this well, might meet this yeah. legendary uh, new uh, magazine maker. What are those called? Magazine makers? Uh, periodicist. Uh, That's not true, but it sounded really editist. Real, editist. Editist. Um, <laughs> no, but I want to say, and this this speaks to all the twelve. I think we and should half. call them Devliners. Devliners or Farmerians. Yeah, yeah. Farmerians. Those are um, the makers of magazines. Yeah, the makers of homemade magazines. Those are the Farmerians. Under the age of 14. Farmeriodiclers. Yes. That would be a farmer of periodicals. So it's sort of <laughs> like farming. It's sort of creating your own agriculture. He's creating his own periodicals. Indeed it is. Yeah. So I think we found our way to there, but we still need the name for a repellent siren. 
Uh, and I, I would mean, like to make a product that is siren repellent. So that's a aerosol spray that you spray in the face of beautiful women <laughs> on the top of cliffs and rocks who are singing, trying to get you and your shipmates to come close enough for them to siren to repellent. <laughs> No, wait. Maybe the siren repellent should just be the falsetto sound. Yeah, it is. It's just you, it's like an air horn, but it's just your voice. It's just me going, just like, <laughs> do the tweets. <laughs> and then they fall. <laughs> As I recall, we haven't done the show in a while, but usually we start off with the uh, triple, triple banger, banger lightning, lightning round. round. Uh, <laughs> triple banger lightning round. Question one, question one. Um, this is about movies, actually. Huh. Uh, 3D or 3-don't? <laughs> that doesn't even... <laughs> there is no 3-do. This is perfect. I, uh, I think 3D movies are so big. I don't like wearing those glasses. It's a 3-don't. It's a 3-don't. I choose not to go to 3D okay, movies. Let me I, didn't, I didn't need to yes. see you die in 3D, by the way. It, was, when it, it hurt my eyes and my yeah. soul. When a person is in the state of Denver, whenever I'm in the state of Denver, okay. I walk Which into a very movie... Rare. Yeah. Um, no, it happens. I I'd say whenever I'm in Denver. Okay, yeah, literally. Then you're, then you're there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll walk in and I won't wear sunglasses. And I know a lot of people that wear sunglasses inside of a, a movie theater. And uh, you, I wouldn't do that. Would you ever do that? No, no. And you you would only wear glasses in a movie theater if you needed them to correct your vision. 3D glasses actually obscure your vision. If you you make try it and worse. look at anything. You can't see it. And I've never gone to a movie and been like, wow, that 3D was worth it. It's so much more I really, expensive. I don't and like- I'm in How to Train Your Dragon 2 and Transformers, both movies that make a lot of their money from 3D. And it's not IMAX, I understand. That I'm down with. Pay the money, go to IMAX. Mm-hmm. But a 3D movie, yeah, I've never had a more pleasurable experience because it was 3D. No. And you know what it you know what it really prevents? It prevents... One reason I go to the movies... Except for Yogi Bear 3D. I do want to that really yeah, clear. Yeah, of course. Because they're right, they're, when the rockets come at you, that is so scary mm-hmm. and so fun. And when the popcorn when you know when the popcorn explodes, and then I spit out some popcorn... That, I mean, that's one of the funniest... That's the funniest moment in any Talking Bear comedy in terms of popcorn-related <laughs> gags in the history of American cinema. <laughs> Laugh it up. I, I mean, I go to the movies partially... Uh, for the communal element to it, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a communal thing where you're laughing with people, you're scared, whatever. The They're laughing at to, you, yeah, laughing at you. You're being humiliated. People are throwing things <laughs> at you. The communal, like, why did you come? You weren't invited. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, all of these things. And um, I saw Edge of Tomorrow. Was Edge of Tomorrow. It was a Nerdist How premiere was oh, with okay. uh, with my parents. I brought. I took my parents. Wow. Uh, what did they and, think? Uh, and well. That's the thing. We were separated with these giant glasses. I'd, I'd lean over to talk to my mom and, and say, "Hey, are you are you having a?" And our glasses would uh, collide. And uh, so you and we, guys get really close when you talk to each other. Well, I didn't want to bother the people around us. Uh, right, she was sure. actually sitting on my lap. So and my dad was on top of her. So because they only had one seat for and us. And that's called a yeah. cash stack. Right? Yeah, that's it's a, a stacker. Stack. It's a stacker. It's a cash stacker. Yeah. Uh, 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 three ply, three ply cash. Anybody... It's a three ply cash stagger. <laughs> <laughs> they only gave us one seat. 
So we piled up. My, my brother there oh, was Chris my brother Hardman there himself. was there, and uh, my cat too. And I mean, there was a lot. They they, they managed. So to, a three ply cash stacker. That's yeah. when any number of levies are. If there's yeah. over three levies right. in a seat, if there's three levies on a lap, that's a three ply cash yeah. stacker. Three ply cash stacker. That's where you actually stack them up, and because uh, there was only one seat available, and so. But the bottom line is these glasses made it really difficult to uh, to just kind of stack, and and even loading the stack was difficult. Um, do you? Do but 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 I really do think it, it, and also it hurts my eyes. I can't really. It, it I don't like having something on my face. It's like it's just I don't like three D. So yeah, I just, don't like uh, it either. I, I, I would pay to not do it. That's what I'm saying. Do you think we're saying. more philosophers or linguists? Do you think we spend more time talking about philosophy? Or more time making up new words. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to create our own language, which only yeah. 12 and a half people want. And if anything, we're linguophifers. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't even, I didn't even use the second half of philosopher. I made it linguophifers, <laughs> which is like an aquifer, but that you, you know, yeah. it's, it's a geyser of new terms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, say it again. A linguophifer is an aquifer of uh, linguisms, which also isn't a word. But a linguophifer is a geyser of new terms. I wish there was just a like a, a website or some way that people could chronicle uh, these new phrases we come up to. Right, uh, some sort exactly. of a, something like I don't know. Someone should start something called like I don't know. Uh, levy phrases or, yeah, or ca- levy ca- terms. Cash dictionary. Cash dictionary or uh, cash phrases. Nah, that's cash phrases no, 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 org. No one would do that. Better. No one would. No one would bother to do that. But someone should sometime. Yeah, you know? cyborg.org. Yeah. Do you like? Do you, you know? In terms of the gravestone, I just not to. I've spent a lot of time on it, so I just kind of want to point out a couple. Back of, well, on it. I just. I now I don't get to use it. Do you so want me to be honest with you? I don't get to use. You want it. me to be honest with you? Yeah. There's fucking nougat all over the thing. I know, but... There's so much nougat that I don't know how you could have eaten. Well, I do, because there's shells of Snicker bars with peanuts and caramel strewn anywhere. I mean, are you sucking the nougat out of these Snickers? Look, there's a silver lining here. It looks like a chocolate lining. Well, you're alive, and now I can eat the tombstone. Is the tombstone made of nougat? At this point, almost. It is completely covered in nougat. It's a nougat shell around (laughs) a granite marble hybrid tombstone. I'd say it's just about the worst candy Hershey's never made. Not yeah. good for the teeth. No. You know what? Tooth fairy? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dentists, take a break. Tooth fairy, you're going to get some business. <laughs> Dentists, take a break. It's a tooth fairy tombstone. That's Dennis, what it is. Dentists, take a break. There's a very funny opener in, uh, in Nebraska at the club that we're playing in Omaha named Nick. What's his last name? Do we know? Um, I'm just I blanking on it. I really yeah. am blanking on it. But he's absolutely hilarious. Um, and he's got a great joke about the tooth fairy. That he's just so broke that if his kids lose a tooth on Wednesday, yeah. he's in trouble. Yeah. 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 It's very it's a good. It's a good bit. I, I think that that's... The, when I pass you know, away, I thought you, you had passed away. But when I pass away, would you be willing to do a one-man show as me? And do those impressions? I don't think so. No. And especially because you'll never know it, whether or not I did it. So I guess I should say yes, I will. We I talked about will. this last night. I'm still sort of... I'm still stunned that I'm going to die at some point. Yeah, I, we did talk I, about I, I really felt like I was going to be the guy that was going to beat it. I thought I was... I you really did be not believe... to do it. Before, yeah. I thought I'd be the one to kind of outsmart this thing. And, uh, you know, about five <laughs> years ago, I found out that maybe it's not as likely. But I really thought I could beat this. Yeah. 
You know? I mean, I think that's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that in the back of their minds don't think they're going to die. They don't think it's, it's just, possible. They're not considering it. Could it could never happen like it's next so week. It's so far off. Everybody says, like, what's the point of thinking about it? And I think you'll be much happier if you start thinking about it today. Now, I'm lucky because I almost died in 2010. So I understood how real it was and also how not scary it is because I sort of had that period where I had essentially, you know, been dead. I was having the seizures, blacked out. You told a story on the morning uh, TV show yesterday, which. Yeah, the uh, Omaha Morning Blend. Which, which I want you to repeat because it's funny. Which I, I went it's a, it's, on. You had a choice. I didn't realize you had a choice. Oh, yeah. They said. Uh, yeah, they said, you know, a big thing there was. He said, now, this is an elective surgery. You don't have to do it. Um, but, you know, we recommend it. There's a 10% fatality rate, you know, so conservatively one out of 10 people die every single time, perhaps more. And, you know, he said, you know, so you don't have to get the surgery. But And I said, well, what happens if I don't get it? And he said, well, you'll probably die in your mid-30s. And I remember thinking, I think you should include that in the choice. <laughs> I think a big part of the decision yeah. is going to end up being is hinging really on that one piece of information. Right, right. How you long know? you're going to last? And so, uh, and you know, I said, well, is it going to change? You know, if I'm funny or not? Because I kind of make a living off of my charisma and my sense of humor. And I remember distinctly his reaction was kind of like, "Who cares? You know, we're talking about life and death here. Just get the thing." It's kind of like I don't know. I don't know if you'll still be funny afterwards. And the way he said that, it felt like he hadn't thought I was funny up until that point, which I was being very genial and uh, and jocular. You were the entire we, time. I, that from I what there. I understand, you had a pineapple on your head. I mean, I had I had so a you had the festive. Somewhere. Let me put it that you had the way. festive yeah. thing going. You know, T.J. Miller's tomato. I, you know, I had a little pineapple while I was there too. Um, and I think and it wasn't just because pineapple makes your ejaculate taste sweeter. You know. It was that festivity and that function. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of said, all right, well, let's roll the dice. But he really kind of was like, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard, which is crazy because if I was a pianist and he said, your hands are atrophying and they may get better right. or they may get gangrene, you'll have to cut them off. You know, and I said, well, what are the chances of me having to cut them off? Because I make my living with my hands. He'd be like, you know, you're right. I just let's. Right, let's we really can't know. take this risk. Right. Instead, I'm like, look, I make a lot of really funny faces and some weird noises. Is that going to be able to continue? And he's like, just <laughs> shut up. And so you you had the surgery. I got the surgery, and now I'm here. And it just completely. But at any point, I can die again. You know, I think that's but, an important but, thing but, to remember. The, but this, I mean, it completely. Wiped out your funniness. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, I am no longer funny. That's right. <laughs> but you're going to be alive for a while. I like that you expected me to say that because <laughs> I did that. I said that on the, you said the that. news. That was my favorite part. But I decided to yeah, say it myself. <laughs> well, I think that's fine because I just said that. That's not like part of a bit. I oh, didn't, I didn't think I really have lost part of my sense of humor, and I didn't no, need you, to come on not. another medium and have to admit that to the people, <laughs> the twelve and a half American people that listen to this. <laughs> What if it, you know what, what if it made you funnier? And then you elected to have the surgery again because you felt like it was going away. away. pieces of the brain until yeah. I make the jokes. What if, what if really yeah. it was just continue to make you funnier and finally there's just nothing left of your brain and the doctor's no longer willing to do it and you have to go to, you know, Europe somewhere to have potulate surgery? And it's just all and, I have left is JA. But you're getting funnier and funnier. And and there's a and then there's a you know, on Time magazine the cover is like, Was it worth it in a picture of you? 
and part of your brain being removed and it's in a jar next to you and there's a pineapple on the other side yeah and you look confused this what do you think very specific it look i'll look about the way i am now i can't <laughs> believe you've gone into this much depth <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the jury we're here to discuss the innocence of my client tj miller as his counsel, I've already admitted that T.J. Miller did steal the largest woolly mammoth fossil in North American history, which happens to have been in the museum right here in the great state of Nebraska. But I contend that my client is innocent of premeditated fossil theft, that this entire trial has been one big birdbath conversation. A complete waste of our time. You've heard the facts. We know T.J. Miller grabbed that fossil with his giant, frequently large cantaloupe hands. What we're here to determine is why he did it and try to get an answer as to where that woolly mammoth fossil is now. I contend that T.J. Miller's theft was not premeditated, that this was simply an act of museum courage. I realize this trial has endured a bit of controversy, that some people believe it was unfair for me to request a 12-and-a-half-person jury. But I contend that some juries fall short and that that half a person will come in handy at some point during this trial. And those that say this jury was just hand-picked fans of cashing in with T.J. Miller. I'm insulted at that insinuation. I did not intentionally flimsy up the numbers. There's a half a person in this jury, and I will not see that person insulted. We are only as good as our half. Think about that. <laughs> this whole trial's gone on too long. The prosecution's been honey-sticking the witness... The judge has been giving my client the stink eye the entire trial, even after he was politely asked to Febreze his peepers. <laughs> this has been a travesty. And I say we move on. I say, if we stay here, the party dies. <laughs> I had a bunch of guest experts and witnesses promising to take the stand, but none of them have been willing to come. For some reason, my guests continue to cancel on me. Most of them claim they had other trials to attend, except for one witness didn't cancel, and that's all I'm going to need. Checkmate. Yahtzee. <laughs> I now call to the stand the defendant, T.J. Miller. been to a trial where they applaud when the witness comes on stage. This is a really loving jury. Also, there was a beer near the bailiff <laughs> that I kicked over. All right. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. What were you doing with that woolly mammoth fossil? Well, first of all, I want to state as a witness, and this sounds good, I want to state as a witness that uh, I was not the least bit surprised to see that... Uh, no one in here knew that Nebraska's home to the largest woolly mammoth. Yeah, when I ran this idea by TJ, he was like, do you really think anybody knows? And Cash said, it doesn't matter. They'll certainly think it's hilarious either way. And he was pretty correct was... with your utter silence. Silence, yeah. I just, it was like, a, I, I had to do it, though. 
Once I, I said, I, I looked up, I said, what's interesting about Nebraska? And to me, that stood out. And you the know largest what? woolly mammoth fossil in history. Now, I didn't think you'd know, but I didn't care. A lot of that people, was an abusive opening sequence. In fact, lot, I say we start over. No, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but when you Google most interesting thing in Nebraska, Google says, didn't you mean Iowa? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Some people here are from Iowa, though, so I thought I would... Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, I would like to start by pleading my case by saying that many people do not know what museum courage is, and that is the courage to get as close as possible to the painting or the mammoth skull. Is it a mammoth skull or a jaw? It's, it's, a, it's, I don't, it's a fossil, so it's a bone. We don't know which bone it is. It's just the largest woolly mammoth bone. bone. It might be. Is that what it's... And then that's actually, that's what it said. And that's why I leaned in so close. Because it said largest woolly mammoth bone, parenthetical, we're not sure which one. <laughs> but it is the most interesting thing uh, about Nebraska.com. And then it <laughs> was the end of the parenthetical. And um, so I leaned very close to see, twas it a jaw, twas it a femur. Twas it a skull, twas it not of a woolly mammoth at all, but of a completely bald mammoth. And those hairless mammoths are very hard to find, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure they exist, but there was no hair on this fossil. So I leaned in, and once I was close enough, I just grabbed it. I wanted to touch it and hold it and know what it was like. And I did, and then a museum guard came over and said, Hey, have you seen Night at the Museum? And I said, ah! And I ran away. I don't think he was mad that I took it. He just more wanted to know if I had seen the Ben Stiller film, <laughs> Night at the Museum. Uh, so looking back, I probably could have hung around. But that, that is what happened. It was neither premeditated nor malicious. Well, I fully intend to return the woolly mammoth bone fossil as soon as I find out where I put it. You lost the woolly well, mammoth fossil? I think it's in my pants from last night, but I can't find those. So I checked all my new pants, and I didn't put in any of those. Woolly mammoth fossil. Always the last place you looked. You know, I, I, it's kind of... I felt that deserved more. I, <laughs> I, I don't get to talk very often during these live shows, and I, I felt I deserved more on that. Uh... Sequels for children on uh, children of the corn. These are the best sequels for children of the corn because we are in the uh, corn husker. Yeah, Nebraska's a Nebraska. corn husking mammoth fossil <laughs> touting state. Is anyone from here? I I'm starting to feel like you guys just drove in and you're like, what are they? What are they talking about with these fossils? You guys traveled from California, didn't you? But uh, the husk, yeah. We can these ask are the, it up. Uh, I, so the, these are the, the sequels best sequels children for children of the, of the corn. Because yeah. after this, you did mention that you had some sequels for children on the corn. So if you don't have those, I have a couple of sequel possibilities for children on the corn. Okay. Here's the sequels for children of the corn. Uh, these are the possibilities. Look who's stalking. Husks of fury. <laughs> and that's uh, Bruce Willis would uh, be in that. He would provide some of the corn voices. Uh, so in that one, the corn is talking. It's yes. Look who's stalking. <laughs> Husks of fury. That's number one. Second one. Children of the corn, too. Ears wide shut. 
That's, that's the front runner. So far, you like that one? I do. Okay. Children of the cream corn. No bib required. <laughs> Isn't that exactly the instance when you would need a bib? Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I had another tag. It was going to be, it's about to get messy. I like that. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, I like that. That Children makes more sense. Children of the sense. cream corn, it's about to yeah. get messy. Yeah, and the last one, children on the cob. Salty butterface. <laughs> yeah, I like that one the best. That is children the on clear the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Salty butterface. Salty butter. I used to call Nancy Grace that <laughs> after I would slather her face in butter and just throw salt in her eyes. Which I thought would banish her to the nether regions from which she came. But she has yet to return as she is doing the devil's handiwork every morning and every night. Uh, okay, so okay, here are a couple so you're, of... You're, yeah. you're going children on the cob. So this is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I wanted to offer you a couple of two sequel ideas for children on the corn, which okay. is what you said okay. earlier. Okay. First one is uh, children under the corn. Are they dead? <laughs> Maybe they've been buried. And if so, there's no reason to fear them. See, that, that seems kind of wordy. It does. Okay, all right. How about uh, children all over the corn? (laughs) They've been sliced and diced and spread all over the corn as fertilizer. (laughs) Or last one is children on the cream corn. It's comfortable and it's soft, but it still feels gross. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I would pick that one. That's the one you go for? Yeah, those are the best children. Have you ever sat in cream corn? Sat inside of it? No, just sat on it. Have you ever spilled Sat cream? on top of it? Yeah. Cream corn? I have not had that uh, experience. <laughs> it's, it does feel comfortable. I mean, it's... How do you sit on goes, top of cream corn? You just spill a bunch of cream corn on the ground and sit on it. I don't know why. How high do you stack it? It's not a stackable... Is it a three-ply stacker? It's not a stack... It's not Is a, it a stackable three, Do you substance. stack it? You could stack it. It's more of a piling thing. You can have a pile of cream corn, but if you stack it, it is just going to... But how do you keep it uh, in the same area where it'll just be right under your your tush there? I mean, how do you... Doesn't it spread out? You put it in a kiddie pool? Jesus. (laughs) I'm going to spell it out for you? What do you think you do as an adult with a kiddie pool? You either let your kids swim in it or you fill it with cream corn and sit on top of it. Or other substances and sit... Don't you sink in? To the cream corn? Yeah. Yeah, but you still are on top of it. I think it's all around you at that point. I don't think so. If you sit in cream corn, especially in a kiddie pool, there will always be cream corn underneath of you. There's no way that your, your bottom will sink so far to the ground that it will push all the cream corn away so that you are not on top of any cream corn. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why I'm arguing with you about this. You've never like, fucking sat on cream corn. I have. Case closed. I know. Your Honor, I rest my case. How, how am I supposed to try to sit on cream corn if I don't know what to expect? You just sit on it. Look, we've had this argument so many times. I'm tired of talking right, about this. You're right. You're right. God. I'm sorry. We're going to... Um, we're going to finish things up with, uh, with the live maskers. And before, yeah, and, before uh, we do that, now, I, I just want to, yeah, if I say, yeah. uh, okay, um, so maskers is a section <clears throat> that uh, is ask the masters. 
and it doesn't have anything to do uh, with masks. And so if you ask a fucking question about masks, it's not funny, okay? You know, I'm talking to you, keep calm and buy another shirt that has that fucking stupid English phrase on it. What does that say? Keep calm and chive on? What the fuck does that mean? I've seen that all over the country. It makes me just feel like lots of people are like, it's like literally a weird conformist thing where people are like, I don't know what that means, but everybody's wearing it. Should I also wear it? Do you know what it means? What does that mean? Keep calm and chive on. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so do not ask any questions about masks. I, don't tweet us about it. Just don't do it. Um, but before we start on maskers, which is the last section, I just wanted to raise a glass, and I hope you'll join me, uh, not only to the funny bone in Omaha and calling in all the staff that she should tip over 20%, because damned if this wasn't the most fun that I've had on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you guys agree. But uh, we also just want to thank you guys for both listening, for uh, being fans of the podcast, for coming to a live one. And those of you that have never seen the podcast... Those, those of you, I realize this is a longer toast, but uh, those of you that have never heard the podcast, hopefully you had a fun time and you will uh, start listening from here on out. So uh, with one big shy shy on the count of three, uh, thank you guys all for coming. Let's hear you yell at one, two, three. Dishai shy. <laughs> oh man, that was the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> Maskers, um, oh. got some. Uh, are you okay, buddy? Yeah. Like eighty-five percent of superheroes, this is Maskers. And then let's all let's all hang out after the show. Uh, where are we going after the show? Should we go over to Bucky's? And- we were gonna go to a we were gonna go to a Chipotle parking lot. That's exactly right. But um, first of all, they're fucking way too small. Uh, and second of all, I haven't seen a Chipotle since you I've gotten what? here. I went to Noodles and Company and applied uh, to be a, one of the company CEOs. And they told me that it's not actually not even a company at all. It's just the name of it, and it's just Noodles, and they didn't want to call it just Noodles. And I said, why didn't you call it Noodle Company? And they kicked me out. I mean, they, I was ejected from the establishment, and I didn't even get to finish my macaroni and cheese. But I'm happy that I didn't because, again, if you join us for the show after this, um, the mac and cheese, I'm not joking, here at the club. The food, first of all, at the club is amazing. It's like one of the best steaks I've ever had in Nebraska. It is the best steak. And they have great scones. Really? With the scones again? Uh, But with the macaroni and cheese, it is the best macaroni and cheese you can get in Nebraska. So those two things alone are worth... Uh, coming to the club and uh, eating. So if you can't join us tonight after the show, come back because they have great comedy every single week here, except the weeks where they bring in uh, <clears throat> Nancy Grace, <laughs> who has been performing stand-up more often than I'd like to, yeah. than I care for. Yeah, that's it's it's. I don't know why she started doing stand-up, but um, she did, and in fact. I think it's because whenever she sit down, sits down, somebody tries to feed her a dog bone. Yeah, in fact, in fact, Zach. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. You ever seen her on fucking television? Now listen, listen. You ever hear yelling at people? Be careful for your children. The world is full of killers. Listen, Zach. Zach Williams. I'd like to stuff a fucking log of shit into her mouth. 
and then make her recite the alphabet. Um, and then when she gets to you, I'll stop and say, you, you, you are a piece of shit. Uh, Zach Williams writes, Nancy Grace's face looks like the face of someone who is allergic to shellfish right after they eat shellfish. That's true. It also looks like shellfish. <laughs> Haven't you ever looked at Nancy Grace and been like, good God, that woman has a mollusk on her face. And like, no, that's Nancy Grace. Which also any- rhymes. That's a poem that I wrote. Good God, that woman has a mollusk on her face. Oh no, wait, that's Nancy Grace. Do a Nancy Grace haiku. Can you do one? Yeah. Okay. Nancy Grace, what did happen? <laughs> Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. You piece of... You know what, Nancy? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I want everybody to ignore that happen has two syllables because the way I say it, happen. (laughs) It's like Captain Crunch. (laughs) Did you happen to munch some Captain Crunch? Do we uh, have any uh, live maskers here? Does anybody have any questions? Maybe we have a question. It can be an, you can ask us. We are masters of almost every single trade yeah, and we, subject. You know, every answer to so every you question. You can really ask us anything, something about your life, something about a question you've always had, uh, how many miles per gallon uh, any type of car, model, or make has. Yeah, in, in particular, a Nissan Juke. Which you is, can find out how many miles per gallon that has. And that's one of the only cars that when you tell people what it is, they think that you're using a racial slur. Uh, I also have found that you really need to pronounce jewelry uh, when you talk about making jewelry. Because uh, you can get in some trouble if it sounds like you're saying I'm making jewelry. Uh, there's a guy, I think, right? Yeah, right there. How you doing? Good. Great. Me and my friends are huge Star Wars fans. And the thing that we argue about the most... Oh, God. You know what? Let's put a pin in that question. But I got to say, I want to see the answer to that. Sorry, hear the answer to that. Um, Yeah, we'll come back to that certainly at the end because, I don't know, something about that tells me that the answer to that question is going to be a great closer. I think it's funny. I, speaking of Star Wars, though, I, I do think it's funny when you know you're at a, like a Nerdist party. You know, our our, our uh, shows on the Nerdist Network, and people will be like, "I'm an, I'll, I'll say, "Why do you feel like you're a nerd?" Because most of the nerds supposedly, and they're very attractive nerds, and they seem like very athletic. And they'll say, "I was a huge Star Wars fan," so you know, I'm a nerd. And it'll be like, "Yeah, Star Wars was one of the most popular movies of all time." Right? Yeah, it really I mean, is. I weird... mean, it was it ran in the theaters for longer than anything else. But now, if people like Star Wars, you're like nerd. But Star yeah. Trek to me is so much nerdier. Right? Like, I think if you like Star Wars, you're cool. And if you like Star Trek, you're fucking Nancy Grace. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people in here that do like Star Trek, and we can never be friends. So, sorry. Go ahead. All right. Go on. Next question. Yes. Uh, in the Transformers movie? So the question was, uh, how did Mark Wahlberg beat T.J. out 
in the, the main uh, for role. the main role in the Transformers like, the, movie. I don't know if you know the lady that's next to you. We, I don't think. Whoa, hey, whoa. There's a there's a bunch of things wrong with what you just did. <laughs> we'll start with you don't get to piggyback on somebody else's question. It also is weird how hard she laughed at your question. Do you know her or no? That's super weird. Uh, and then also never reveal a plot to a movie in public ever, 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 ever. Uh, but that's okay, because I think a lot of people didn't hear it. <laughs> you certainly didn't yell it out. Uh, um, so I'll just answer the first question. Um, so why did Mark Wahlberg beat me out for the lead role? And, My, I, and I, I've, I've been told you, you actually arm wrestled for the role. Is that correct? No. But I did tell you that one night when I wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, Cash actually snuck on to the set of, uh, uh, of uh, what is it? Transformers. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's really interesting because he's a sneaking artist. So he's snuck right. in That's right. to, I think you've snuck into how many major sporting events? I've hundreds. snuck into hundreds of, uh, you know, I've snuck into uh, four or five Super Bowls. I've snuck into... Uh, uh, NBA Finals, uh, hundred, hundreds say, of concerts. What do you think is the key to sneaking in? Because he'll just, I mean, he literally never pays for a ticket. He'll sneak right in. Yeah, um, it, well, every, every sneak in is different. Uh, you know, one of the keys is just showing confidence, nodding your head, smiling, and walking past the ticket taker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you guys try that. But you do. Uh, you have to have a lot of confidence. You have to have confidence, and, and I just do it for fun. Uh, you know, I do it with my friends. I once snuck into uh, Barry Manilow uh, eight different ways the same night. So that uh, means just that the concert see. was so boring that yeah, you were like, no, we were just doing it for the fun of it. Um, <laughs> I, I, the VIP entrance is a weakness to any uh, facility. Really? Uh, outdoor venues are quite easy. There's always, you know. Why um, is the VIP entrance? A- uh, because they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to. They don't know if you're a VIP or not, and they don't want to insult you. So you can walk into a VIP entrance, and if they say, "Can I see your ticket, sir?" You can go. He just showed it to you, and just point to the person you in want front to of say you. It exactly. Say it really. That voice. Yeah. You want to go falsetto if you can. He just showed it to you. <laughs> And then they will just go, oh, sorry, sir, and they'll apologize. So that's one way to do it. Okay, in fact, so, we'll do a group sneak in. Although I can only sneak about four people into a place. I once tried to sneak uh, 12 people into a, a Grateful Dead concert, and it was a logistical nightmare. Uh, uh, I could look down the fence and see people just being picked off the fence just by different security. It was right, terrible. I can see that. But uh, he did sneak onto the set of Transformers, and the reason he snuck on was because I, first of all, Michael Bay is a psychological terrorist, and uh, is very, very insane, uh, although I love him to death, and I always have a good time when I go hang out at his home. Uh, he, he did not want anybody coming on the set because uh, it's such a secretive thing. Uh, you know, the plot is very important and they don't want anyone to find out <laughs> what sorts of things happen throughout the movie, especially surprising things. Um, but, you know, no one is allowed to come on there. So Cash was at the trailer because we were doing podcasts. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I said, look, wait here and I'll go and try and finagle uh, some way to get you on. And I was talking to somebody and I said, well... You know, he's, he's an acting coach of mine, and so I need him to be here because it's a big scene for me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the film, but there are no big scenes for me, for the most part. I just, the whole time, I'm like, ah, ah! 
Hey, we gotta get out of here. Uh, or I'm just drunk. Uh, that's really the extent of the performance. Um, but I, as I was, so I said, he's my acting coach. He's also like helping with some other stuff. He's having a tough time with his family. And they're like, no, no, absolutely not. No. And uh, I was like, oh, it's such a bummer. Well, I got to send somebody to go tell Cash that's not going to happen. I turn around and I swear to God, Cash is just like chilling against the wall watching production. He's like, hey, TJ, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, good. And they were like, who's that? And I was like, no, I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, make sure your friend, he can't come up here. And I was like, absolutely. And I look over and Cash goes, it's me. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, any other maskers? Maskers? Oh, I didn't yeah. even answer that one. Uh, so I did not go out for the role of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, that had already been promised to Mark Wahlberg. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I'm surprised and confused why I'm in that film. To be honest with you, I did another film called Search Party, which was my first R-rated comedy that I was starring in, and it was supposed to be released uh, by Universal in September, but they've dropped it from their slate. And in the when we were deciding, you know, when I was deciding if I was going to do that movie or or what, they kept asking me, "Will you uh, will you audition for Transformers?" And I said, "No, uh, I'm not going to be in Transformers 4. I was already in Yogi Bear 3D." <laughs> So I don't need to be in another ironic film, uh, especially when Yogi Bear 3D did end up being uh, the greatest talking bear comedy in American cinema. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. We have one back here. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, um, so I said no, and they said, well, they really kind of want you to audition for it, and I said, look, I'm not going to do that. Then about a week later, I guess they'd seen some other people, and they're like, they'd really like you to come in. I was like, okay, I mean, I, I'm not going to do the film, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go in on it, I guess. And they're like, I was like, just send me the sides. And they said, we don't send the sides. Somebody comes there and brings the sides, and then they wait outside your door while you read them, and then they take them back. And I said, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And also, I feel incredibly sorry for that person because that's their job. They're like, I work at Hollywood at a family reunion, and their uncle's like, really, what do you do? And he's like, well, I, I take the part of the script to the actor's house, and then I wait until they're done reading it, and then I, I go back. So it's working out pretty well for me. Uh, and I, it was funny, too, because they had no sense of humor about it. They were like, we're going to send the sides over, and you got to give them right back. And I was like, cool. Uh, I do work at a Kinko's, so just bring it... <laughs> to the back of the Kinko's. I'll be around photocopiers. You'll, you'll see me when you see me. Uh, and they didn't think that was funny at all. Uh, but then I auditioned for it, and uh, I just went on tape, and I was like, okay, so what happens now? Do I go and audition in front of Michael Bay? And they're like, no, he's in Miami. He might just book you off of the tape. This may be the easiest job you've ever gotten. And I was like, yeah, right. And I remember leaving and being like, fuck. I think I'm going to be in Transformers. <laughs> And then I was, and now I am, and it was a very terrible experience. <laughs> it was, I'm really happy to be in it, and I'm lucky to be in a film like that, because a lot of people see it, and hopefully I get some laughs and make some people laugh in the theater. But uh, it is not an easy thing to run alongside of Mark Wahlberg. I think that's why he got the job, because he runs so fast, and I was... 
I was being held to that standard. I don't think that's fair because Mark Wahlberg was in Fighter. You know, he was in Shooter. You know, he was in Lone Survivor. I was recently at a Hardee's. We have one about more about yeah. The question was, did uh, Jamie Kennedy and Jim Carrey use the same masks? Uh Uh-oh. You might... I think you're about to see Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) I transform into Bumblebee. But not the transformer of the car. And you guys are like, that's not scary at all. And I'm out of gas, so Cash has to push me to the Conoco. It's not about fucking masks, man, okay? <laughs> Any others? Okay, we have a couple here. Who was it? Jim Carrey and who was the other person? Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Because he was in another version of that. Jamie uh, Kennedy was in a movie about masks. Mm-hmm. What was it called? No, no, I want to know from the guy that just fucked all of us over. <laughs> what was the name of the film? Son of the Mask. I think it sounds so much like you're making that up. It sounded like you said Sound of the Mask, which is actually a pretty good film. Have you guys seen that? What was it? It's Sound of the Mask. Sound it's of just, the Mask. Salty about, Butterface. Yes. It's, it's all about what it sounds like when you put on a mask, which is just like, that's it. <laughs> Any other live maskers? Any other live maskers? Okay. This and is also, your chance, guys. Yeah. We have uh, one from Mike McMillian. How should I respond when interrupted by a coworker? Rude. Hashtag rude. I mean, I when interrupted by a coworker, yeah. um, you know, I think if somebody interrupts you while you're talking and it's a coworker, you go, ah, 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 ah. Keep it at the workplace. I think because that doesn't make any sense, but it'll shut somebody up real yeah. quick. Or you could be more demonstrative, just go, enough. I think that's a good one. That's kind of has a little bit of Yoda in it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, what? Yes. Do we have any others before we uh, answer the original uh, maskers question? Questions there are for us? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Thank yeah, you for I, I'm as eager to hear. Uh, with, I'm sorry. Can you just give me your name again? Eric. And Eric, could you just repeat your maskers? Well, what do those arguments sound like? <laughs> they sound like a mask. The sound of the mask. Oh, I'd love to hear these arguments first. <laughs> Just so I know how to answer the question. Like, do, what, do you guys really sit around and talk about how Yoda would sound having an orgasm? Uh, well, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it might sound like. It might sound like, mm, yes. mm, the force runs strong. <laughs> Mm, bring me a scone. <laughs> yes, I'll decide what to do with it. And some cream corn. Oh, yeah, that feels good. Mm, rub it all over my body. <laughs> mm, is that a woolly mammoth tusk? Are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Mm. 
making it to the tweets. <laughs> How does that bit end? <laughs> I think we're taking it to the tweets. Yeah. That's it. <laughs>